0: Where a model of control.com gains a voice. We're back. Later than planned. Sorry about that. Hello. Things have happened. Lots of things have happened.
1: Stuff. Things.
0: So, uh, more important things than having to record a podcast, to be honest, but we're kind of trying to get back on it now as we reach the end of the year and I start thinking about the best of the last year. I'm Adam. I'm Daisy. This is the modelofcontrol.com transmission podcast. This is Transmission 017 and we're finishing off the letter L. L. L, which might be hell for Daisy, you never know. Uh, but anyway, this is a roundup of the A to Z of industrial, as I've been talking. Now we've been doing this for nearly two years, and we're we... still only
1: on L. <laughs> we yeah, are, yeah. Maybe 2020 we will try and do these slightly more regularly.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a plan, um, but we'll continue the general idea of there'll be 10 or 11 songs each time round we'll talk about them, there'll be music that I've picked that Daisy doesn't know what I've picked, some of it she'll recognise, some of it she won't, most of it I'll hate some of it she'll love Um, and it's the broader scope of industrial music therefore some of the stuff you will dispute whether it should be here or not I honestly don't care it's a broad church different people have come into it at different times. Some artists might be t- meet the term at one point and not at others. Hi, A Pop Berserk.
1: Anything else?
0: I guess we ought to get on with it. Um, this, the first song tonight, is Lard. Go for That was Lard, with Falk Boy off The Last Temptation of Reed, from 1990. However, you will know that from somewhere else.
1: It's all a film, isn't it?
0: It is indeed. It's on the Natural Born Killers uh, soundtrack. that's the one. Uh, which was, of course, set up by Trent Reznor, the soundtrack, and was an amazing sound clash of various random things, from Diamanda Galas to Nine Inch Nails, Lard and...
1: Leonard Cohen.
0: Leonard Cohen, yes. Amongst other things. Uh, it was a very clever soundtrack, as I recall, as well, and might arguably be better than the film. Probably. But the film was kind of interesting of its time.
1: Let's not talk about the film too much, though.
0: But no. Let's move on. Lard were Jello Biafra from The Dead Kennedys and most of Ministry at the time, Al Jorgensen, Paul Barker and the late Jeff Ward. Biafra had appeared with Ministry at the time on stage, ranting and burning flags and causing all kinds of grief.
1: As he did.
0: Uh-huh. Um, the footage of that kind of stuff was a hell of fun, but looks like a gig I would not be down the front of as people were set on fire on fences
1: <laughs> while
0: the band were playing.
1: Sure, why not? <laughs> what could go wrong?
0: Exactly. It looked amazing, though. Um, Lard would kind of sound exactly as you might expect. Jello Biafra ranting over what is effectively ministry.
1: It definitely sounds that early 90s period, doesn't it?
0: It really, really does. Um, I kind of like it. It's got its moments and it's kind of fun. But it was never something that was going to last particularly long. And anyway, it's one of about 50 billion ministry side projects at the time, too. Speaking of which, here's another one. This is led into gold. That was Led Into Gold, another ministry side project.
1: One or two of them around, eh?
0: Yeah, just a few. I probably should count them up sometime, but I might be here all day. Uh, That was Paul Barker's side project, who, of course, no longer is in ministry, but apparently is talking to L. Jorgensen again for the first time in decades. Said there'll probably be another side project coming along soon. Or he might rejoin ministry, you never know. Um, But anyway, that was his. uh, he was the bassist, hence why there was lots of bass in that. Uh, But that, that... was The Sweetest Kiss, which comes from the low and slow EP on wax tracks from 1991, but was reissued on shiny vinyl. Yeah, I might have picked up a copy of it when he played Coldwave in 2015. Um,
1: And again, it sounds very early 90s. It
0: really does. I mean, it's not bad, but uh, some of those tracks didn't half go on a bit. Um, That track's nearly seven minutes long.
1: It felt like... We did not, spoiler here for the the, the, uh, listeners at home, we did not actually listen to the whole song... Um, before we came back to talk about it and at what, we stopped at about what three minutes in?
0: Yeah, exactly actually
1: and it was starting to feel like it had reached the end by then, I think another three minutes of it would have started to get tedious.
0: Yeah, pretty much Um, but yeah, I mean I like it Paul Barker's a nice guy, I met him a couple of times at festivals and you know he's played it. we've seen him in the Revco variants as well and you know what he does is kind of cool and you know he's ploughed along and played in various bands and helped out others and it's a kind of part of the thing that this scene does It's a bit of a family at points And everyone knows everyone and everyone's nice to everyone Well Alright, okay, aside from the drama But let's not talk about that uh, Shall we move on? Let's move on to something that isn't ministry
1: Oh my goodness, there are bands that aren't ministry side projects?
0: Yeah, let's go to Strip. Leather Strip with their very first single, Japanese Bodies, from 1989. Wow! That was released on the long-lost, awesomely named German label Zoth omog <laughs> Sadly, long since gone, but very important in the electro-industrial sphere. Of tons of bands released on that. Leather Strip, ha, huh, Klaus Larson, he's quite a man. Did you ever like Leather Strip?
1: Um, there's like one or two songs that I've. Like I can't genuinely remember which ones I'm thinking of, but I know there's been at least one song that you used to play that I didn't mind. I've never really listened to them enough to 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 love them or hate them, to be honest.
0: Fair enough. Problem. One, is- one of those
1: ones, I suppose, here in a club, and if I'm in the right mood, I might dance.
0: Fair enough. I mean, the problem is, of course, is that he's got such a relentless release schedule that it's difficult to keep up, because every every week there seems to be another leather strip song, and every year there's another album, or there's another side project. Here we go again. Um, but he's relentless live and fantastic fun, and a really nice guy too, actually. Um, but his music is often quite dark and quite bleak. Um, but you know, if you want to lay the foot of the blame of a lot of the terrible electro-industrial that's followed, a lot of people have covered him or followed him and not copied his ideas. Shakes
1: fist that
0: Yeah, but then if you want to see, you know, you want to see a proper punk-industrial mosh pit down the front, go see a Leather Strip show because it's great fun. But anyway, that song's great, and I like that one a lot. But I prob I played the original version. I kind of think the remat the rebuild from about eight or nine years ago is probably better.
1: I'll take your word for it, because you played me the original there, and I haven't heard the other one. Uh,
0: you probably heard me. Well, I probably heard yeah. the other one, but yeah, not
1: not yeah. quite the second.
0: It's a cleaner, heavier mix. But then, nineteen eighty nine technology was different, right? Um. So anyway, we're going to move on now to another veteran of the scene, and probably someone you don't know, but you probably know a lot of the projects he's been in. Uh, This is Jean-Marc Lederman. So that was the Jean-Marc Lederman experience with the awesomely titled Brian Wilson stole my prom date <laughs> from the album 13 Ghost Stories of this year actually
1: yeah.
0: Hmm. and it had a really weird idea about it so basically he gave a set of guest vocalists the same starting point for the lyrics for each of their songs you can come back to earth for one day as a ghost what do you do? <laughs> which is kind of you know rather open-ended and it resulted in quite an interesting set of songs. That song, by the way, features Stefan Netchko of Be Born Beton.
1: Oh. Ah.
0: Which is probably why you recognize the vocalist.
1: Yeah, there was something also a little bit about of, of, of seeming about it in the yeah. sort of I don't know, just something about the way it was the sort of various different layers to it.
0: Mm. You might actually quite like that album because it's got a really weird mix of stuff on it. But Jean-Marc is—he uh, goes back a long way. He was one of the original synth players for Fad Gadget back when they were a thing in the early 80s. But he's also been part, uh, worked with the Virgin, Gene Loves Jezamel, the Weathermen, was recently part of Ghost and Writer with Frank Spinath, and Lederman Demire was front two four two of two four two, and about 15 other projects. <laughs> the last time I looked at the list, um, he's still active, still writing stuff, and still quite interesting. Um, but certainly, I kind of I think I might have surprised you with that one because I think I wasn't sure whether you'd like that or not
1: yeah more than I think you thought I would
0: yeah yeah well that's a surprise um so huh okay well I might have to point you at that album then in that case um next uh, next couple of artists you will know and I think you like (laughs) oh
1: we shall see hey well here's legend
0: legend with sister from the 2012 album fearless
1: is it really 2012 uh-huh. already
0: yeah wow yeah to be fair most of us were onto that a bit later <laughs> um i think i got it on promo from out of fact late in 2012 because i was playing it around that new year
1: and when did they play in press uh
0: about two or three years later than that it took them a while um but they were one of those sleeper hits, weren't they, where suddenly it went out word of mouth and suddenly everyone was like, this album's really fucking good. And then everyone was clamouring for them to do Infest and then they played Infest and they, lo, they were amazing.
1: And yeah, their album sold out in minutes after their show at Infest.
0: Uh-huh, because yes, because we were working the Artifact store we for Disclosure for that one.
1: Yeah, them stole with the bass store, yep. oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's kind of weird, though, isn't it? Really, because of course the origins of legends a bit weird. Crummy comes from Minos, the Icelandic hardcore nutcases, and then releases an album of incredible dark synth pop. Huh. Nice switch. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, probably
1: they're more part of the Icelandic Reykjavik punk scene, really. Mhm. Well, it
0: doesn't he run a vegan punk bar, something cafe, like or something that. like that. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. And the second legend album a few years ago was okay, but. but Kind of reintroduced the guitars and just wasn't as good as Fearless. Um, I tried, I really did, but you know, it's. I'm kind of intrigued to see where they go next and whether they release another album or not. Who knows? Um, Kurumi seems to be busy with other projects again. And, of course, the Icelandic music scene at the moment is bubbling away with all kinds of stuff going on. We should probably go back to Iceland sometime. We should. And go and hit all the bars and go and check out some live music while we're there. Uh,
1: probably, yeah, maybe. Well, it's not
0: as if we haven't got friends out there now, so, you know, it kind of helps. But, uh, but yeah, there's loads of stuff going on and, and some really interesting bands around, and Legend kind of seemed to be at the forefront of that for a while. Um, but, obviously, fashions change and yeah. tastes um, change.
1: But, but yeah, they were one of those rare bands at uh, fest that we both enjoyed.
0: Indeed. And, in fact... Here's another one we both enjoyed. Blimey. Mmm. Here's Light Asylum. was at will by light asylum from their first album light asylum released back in 2012 <laughs> again, which we've still not had a follow-up for but we'll come back to that so they were kind of cool at, at infest this year yeah well less of a they well yeah more shannon funchess on her own nowadays but still she yeah. destroyed live and that's the second time i've seen her in the last year because i watched <laughs> her at BIMFest in belgium last december as well and
1: yeah, you know, as as many of you are aware, you know I do keep track track at uh, Infest in particular, but the scene generally of how many women there are uh, performing and and taking part in things, and it was really nice to see not just a woman solo headlining one of the nights, but a black woman headlining one of the nights, and which made me realise that while the scene is getting slightly better in terms of female representation, it's still falling at uh, diversity in terms of um, race. So let's do better, peeps.
0: Yes, and also it was also great to see everybody coming away. A number of people who'd not seen Light Asylum before or maybe hadn't heard them coming out going, they
1: were fucking amazing! Yeah. See? Women can do good music too, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, she comes from a punk electro background, but it's clearly just. Dis- dance floor destroying industrial i mean we used to get this play light asylum used to get played at endurance uh in the later days um, but also her incredible vocal range kind of helps
1: uh-huh. um, and she had the most amazing stage presence she was fierce on that stage
0: uh-huh yeah and at will was one of my favorite songs of her album but it's we're not exactly short of choice um but yes yeah, so that was a a one of the absolute highlights of this year um And now we're going to go on to another band who've played Infest before, but I might have slept through it.
1: Oh, we're not going to stay as good then.
0: No, this is Lights of Euphoria. That was Lights of Euphoria with Burning Ground from Dane Strom on a session in 2004. And my God, doesn't it sound like 2004?
1: I wasn't feeling especially euphoric.
0: (laughs) No, neither was I. Um, They played Infest in 2004 and headlined the Friday night.
1: Headlined? Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh. Oh.
0: I'm struggling to remember anything good to say about them, to be honest. Um, They were one of the many, many German bands that stomped and sang a bit... And had lots of big synths.
1: Don't look at me, I wasn't at Infest till the following year.
0: Uh, right, not your fault. <laughs> I remember them being asked for by various people when I was DJing back in Sheffield. Like, lots of people asked for them. Lots of people danced to them, and I was kind of mystified. Yeah,
1: but that was the mid-naughties, and it was a different time.
0: Yeah, wasn't it? Um, good thing or bad thing? Let's just say it was a thing.
1: It was a different time.
0: Yeah, Let's let's leave it at that. Uh, let's, shall we move on? Um, let's move on to something I like that you might. Okay. Don't worry, it's nothing harsh yet. Uh, this is Lionheart's
2: Of retreating, sick and tired of fading away. Tired of breathing, sick and tired of fading away. Tired of retreating, sick and tired of fading away. Tired of breathing. Fading fading away.
0: was Lionhearts with To What I Don't Know from the solo album Lion Hearts of 2017. Crikey, already. <laughs> Familiar voice, that. That was Frank Spinner of Seabound with, yeah, with his first solo album, rather than Project With Someone Else. Uh, but weirdly, it includes a couple of old Seabound songs that never made it to Seabound albums. One track called Murder actually predates their debut. Um, but it's kind of a bit mellow and finally picks up the pace a little bit and I kind of have this horrible feeling Seabound bound might be done, but no one's quite told us yet. Um, but it would be nice for another Seabound bound album, and I just don't honestly see it anymore. But that kind of filled the gap nicely. You like it? It
1: was alright.
0: Then you were never quite into Sea bound like I was, were you? No. Oh, sad times. Uh, oh, well. Well... We'll talk about Seabound more when we get to S, I'm sure. It
1: feels like a long way away.
0: It does, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We've got a few episodes of M&N to get no, through no, first. Leak no. um, Q won't last long. Well. You know. Anyway, shall we move on? Let's move on to another German artist. And this is another side project, actually. This is Lindemann. That was Lindemann with a particularly familiar voice spoke on vocals there. That's Till Till from Ramstein in some downtime. No, really, <laughs> the videos are kind of fun. Uh, with working with Peter Tägtgren of Hypocrisy, a Swedish death metal band of all things. Um,
1: it sounded kind of like Ramstein. I yeah. mean, even without the vocals, it sounded kind of like Ramstein.
0: Kind of did, but it's it's okay. I mean. The song is called "Stey aus," which is uh, from the new album F and M that's just come out. Uh, "Stey aus" means "get up," and rather bleakly reading the lyrics, it's from the point of view of a child whose mother's clearly suffering from really deep depression and won't get out of bed. Oh, lovely! Um, so, Yay. Uh, yeah. Um,
1: Thanks for that, Till.
0: To be fair, Ramstein songs have always been quite dark once you get into the lyrics, even though sound like you know, kind of sounding like it's about a wars coming, and then the, you listen to the lyrics, you're like, oh, you know, "Sonne," for example. But hey, um, you know he's clearly keeping himself busy while Ramstein have finished their first album in ten years. And again, we'll come back to Ramstein. Um, got to pick the song for that.
1: Good luck with that.
0: Yeah, that might take me a while. Uh, but anyway, that was um, that's kind of the end of the stuff that you might like. Oh good, we-
1: couldn't you? You know, get rid of the stuff I don't like early and like finish on something that I enjoy? No. No, No, of course he couldn't.
0: No, I've got two songs left. One of which you're probably not going to like, the other you might appeal to the sentiment. Anyway, the next track is Lawn. That was Lorne with the slow blade from the recent EP this year from Drown the Traitor Within Um, a artist who is actually known as Marcos Ortega and probably wasn't your bag.
1: Not really, I'm afraid.
0: Weirdly? I found out he was on Ninja Tune for a while. Which seems a bit dark for Ninja Tune because they're normally a bit more mellow than kind of oppressive, dark, ambient, (laughs) industrial...
1: Maybe that's why he's not on them anymore. Oh, maybe, yeah. Um, maybe he was lighter and...
0: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. well, is that one of his albums on Ninja Tune was called Ask of the Dust. Um, so, maybe, maybe not. But um, I kind of quite like that new EP. It's a kind of a pretty bleak listen, but some impressive soundscapes going on there. Um, but I kind of suspected it might not be your thing.
1: Well, really, no, sorry.
0: No, well, let's I move. mean,
1: at least it wasn't like, you know, actually painful to listen
0: to. Fair, fair. There's more of that to come in later episodes I'm sure, I'm afraid, but...
1: I'm well aware of letters we've not covered yet.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Oh dear. Well, we have one more today, and it's quite an intense listen, the last track. Uh, The last one, this week, is Lingua Ignota. Stop. Alec plans at to finish. Probably yeah. needs to be played a bit louder, frankly. But um, that, as you've just corrected me, is Lingua Ignota, uh, with an, all this is in capitals, by the way. The track was called May Failure Be Your Noose. It comes from the album Caligula that came out earlier this year on Profound Law, and she is one of the most singularly intense live shows I've ever seen in 25 years of gig going. <laughs> she plays in the middle of the crowd. She comes on, sta- she comes on stage, steps down into the crowd carries a lamp around on her shoulder, and screams vocals into people's faces.
1: I think I'll skip that live show. I don't think I can cope
0: She is unbelievable. Um, Uh, But all uh. of her songs, and they're brutal and cathartic, almost all of them, kind of Diamanda Gallas, with uh, kind of hating the patriarchy even more. Uh, Her previous album, as I understand it, was almost entirely made up of words from abusive messages she had from either an ex or other men. And uh, I'm not entirely sure whether they're the same is the case on the new album, but I think bits of it are. But it's brutal and amazing and quite a listen.
1: So, I picked the right day today to wear my Misogyny is Not a Music Genre t shirt again, then.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> you absolutely have. Um, you probably would appreciate the sentiment of what she's doing more than the music, but it might be worth a listen at some point. Okay. The album is long, it's 65 minutes worth, but it's it's well worth it. But it needs to be listened loudly, and probably on headphones is the best way to appreciate it.
1: Right, well I'll wait till I've got some new ones, seeing as my headphones are broken.
0: Yes, yes, a good point. <laughs> but yes, she, she is probably on the fringes of industrial, but somewhere is in there. She's worked with Uniform and The Body, who are both kind of industrial, noisy rock artists of recent times. Uh, and I saw her supporting author and Punisher, um, she absolutely counts.
1: I <laughs> think how many people she'd scare if they got her at Infest.
0: It would be brilliant. <laughs> it would be so cool if she played Infest. Um, I'd love it, and I think a few of us would, but there's quite a few people who'd probably run away too. <laughs> oh well, ho-hum. Oh uh, so anyway, so that's the end of this week. That's the end of Transmission 017. Is that the end of L? It is the end of L. We, return, we go on to M next week. Next time, even there will be hopefully one before Christmas.
1: Well, maybe.
0: At which point I'll probably be reporting back from BimFest as well because I'm there in three weeks' time.
1: Wow! Yeah. Yeah, like three that. weeks'
0: time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, because this will this will get posted beforehand, uh, Countdown 2019 starts on the Model of Control on Tuesday, the 26th of November, uh, with countdowns and reissues compilations and reissues, then we're on to songs, albums, and best gigs on the following Tuesdays.
1: Um, Yeah, as usual, I'm not going to contribute to those because I don't really listen to any new music. (laughs) I think I've heard about three albums that I've actually released this year. God, I'm getting worse. You've listened to a
0: few while we've been travelling in the car in the recent Uh, weeks. No, one
1: song doesn't count.
0: Oh, yeah. Alright, Okay you liked odds and ends that you've heard new this year but not a lot probably
1: just, there's just not been a lot this year that's been very good
0: I beg to differ but not all of what I've been listening to will probably appeal to you either hmm
1: there's some good gigs but most of them wouldn't fit on this podcast either really
0: no probably not <laughs> hmm I'm fighting a losing battle here anyway
1: yeah anything else coming up before the next podcast you've got BIMFest you've got your end of year lists
0: um, Who am I going to see that I've got coming up? Nothing that really applies here other than BIMFest, actually. Unless I go and see The Young Gods in the end of this week. I haven't decided on that yet. I might, but I've already seen them twice in the last year, so...
1: Well, there you go, the one to Christmas means that everything's starting to stop in terms of gigs, so it Adam's is. actually at home a lot.
0: Yeah, how about that? She'll want me out of the house in five minutes,
1: otherwise.
0: <laughs> but anyway, this, is, uh, this has been... A model of control.com with transmission uh, and we will be back soon keep listening, keep writing keep sending us comments it's always nice, because we do hear the odd comment and it's always nice to hear I've been Adam, I'm Daisy and thank you for listening, bye